This message is brought to you by 12 Stone Church. Please enjoy worship as Pastor Kevin Myers delivers the teaching entitled David and Angela Araya. This is the second message in the series, Do Something. Please enjoy. So welcome to 12 Stone across the campuses online. So glad that you are with us for this week two of Do Something. Now we've been in this conversation together about living sent. And we live in a world uh, that tells us that a full life, however, really comes when you live for self. And that is a very real tension. How are you going to do life? In fact, last weekend, we had Jeff Foxworthy with us, and, and he reminded us that, well, that, that God has a different definition for how you get a full life. The, the world says, uh, right there, cup up kind of imagery, be full of yourself. That's how you get the full life. And then God comes along, and he, and he just, he turns things upside down. And he said, that right there, that's a full life when you empty yourself. See, we're, we're all going to have to navigate and figure out what, what gives the full life? What is God talking about? Are we, are we going to move from living for self to live sent? And we've given a working definition for live sent. Look in your teaching notes. Let's hit it again. I'll put it on the screen. It means to join, love, and tell. So, so live sent means to join Jesus. He doesn't join you in your agenda. You, we join him in his agenda. Love people like Jesus. And man, when you figure out how to love people like Jesus, love people, it's trans- transforming. Tell people about Jesus. He's the only hope. And by the way, this whole idea of live sent, this isn't our idea. This is God's idea. Check it out. Jesus was praying, John chapter 17. And in his prayer, he said, Heavenly Father, as you have sent me into the world, I have sent them. Say it with me. I have what? Sent them, my followers, into the world. See, we are here on mission. When it comes to us being followers of Christ, when you come to a relationship with God through Jesus, you don't become a passenger. My son, Jaden, the 15-year-old I've mentioned, for 15 years, he's been a passive passenger in the car with me driving. But more recently now, I'm teaching him to drive. He's moving from the passenger seat to the driver's seat. And I promise you, that'll change your life, right? I mean, you, you, you know it did when you were young. Those of you who are going through that stage in high school, that changes your life. Well, listen, listen, in faith, it changes your life when you finally figure out, oh, this faith thing is not a passive passenger role. We're called to be in the driver's seat, as it were, to be participants, and this thing turns on prayer. By the way, training Jaden makes me pray like never before. I'll tell you what, if your prayer life isn't working, go teach your kid to drive. And Paul reminded us last week that prayer is the foundation of a live-sent life. In fact, together as a church, we're doing something we've never done before. This is so cool. I know many of you, I wish all of you, I hope all of you are in. 
But we are praying together for 21 days on the same page, on the same prayer. And how are we pulling that off? Check out this book. We handed out last week, 21 days of breakthrough prayer. Each day for 21 days. And we're now on the seventh day. We're praying together. And some of you are saying, hey, I wasn't able to be here last week. I didn't get my book. Unfortunately, all 15,000 books are gone and they're out. But listen, you can still jump in with us. Literally, get on Amazon today. You can buy the Kindle version for like four bucks. And then start right today. Today is day seven. You get on day seven today. Then you get on 12 Stone app. And thousands of us have jumped on the app. If you're not on 12 Stone app, go to the app store, get 12 Stone app. And and each day we have what day we're on and kind of the live prayer that you join in. So you read the devotional and then you join in the live prayer. In fact, on the way out today to all the campuses, you can go ahead and pick up a bookmark. We have, a, we have extra bookmarks that detail what we're doing, including uh, how to use the app as well as jumping in on the October 4th kind of culmination of the 21 days of prayer. So now I'm praying more. <laughs> and I'm praying as Jaden's driving. And Jaden has been learning in some easy places. You know how it works, don't you, parents? You know what you're doing. I'm taking him all through neighborhoods. It's relatively safe. He's only going 25 miles an hour. I mean, it's all residential. He can handle that. And then finally, several days back, I finally said, all right, Jaden, you ready to get out on the main road? Now, hang on. How many of you remember when you got out on the main road? First time you got out on the main I mean, when I just, you know what it was? It was terrifying. <laughs> I mean, fear just flows through your body. And it takes courage to get out on the main road. It takes what, church? Courage. Say it again. It takes what? Oh, yeah. When I said, Jane, you want to get out on the main road? I just watched like all the blood just rush out of his body. Like, fear. Dad, I don't know. I said, "Ah, you you think I can do it? I said, sure. I said, but we'll know soon enough. (laughs) All right, Dad, let's do it. And then, so out of the neighborhood, we're a distance from home, and he has to get on the main road. Now, I did this at 6 o'clock, just so he'd experience the fullness of traffic, because I love him. I love him. I want his best. And so he's sitting on the main road, just cars, cars, cars. I said, when you get out, dude, you got to get going. So he pulls out like he does in the neighborhood. I'm like, get the speed up to 45. He's never done 45. I said, get it going, man. Catch up with traffic. I mean, there's cars all over, and you got to stop and go, and lights, and traffic, and lefts, and rights. It's fantastic. Uh, just about killed me. And, 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 but you know what? He did, he did a great job. He really did. He drove us home and said, it's great. Paul would want us to know something. You ready? Live sent. Live sent takes courage. Write it down. See, there's something we need to know. We'll put it on the screen. You jot it down in your notes. See, Paul, Paul would let us know that when you move from passenger to driver, when you wake up, because this is a wake-up call, church. Don't kid yourself. This conversation, this series for all of 12 Stone and for you, from middle school, high school, college, single, married, divorced, whatever stage of life you're in, it doesn't matter. This is for all of us to have a wake-up call to get out of the passenger seat and get in the driver's seat. And when you do that, it's going to take courage. It's going to take what? Yes, it is. See, to join Jesus in a world that denies Jesus will take courage. You don't love people like Jesus loved people? I mean, like Jesus really loved people. We'll talk about that next week. It'll take courage. To tell others about Jesus in a world that says, yeah, you guys need to be silent. Oh, you know it takes courage. See, because you know you'll run into opposition. 
resistance, rejection, if not retaliation. Paul understood. Turn to Acts chapter 17. Grab your Bibles. Cross campuses. Grab your worship center Bibles. We're going to look at it. The story in Acts chapter 17. Uh, right, right here, just right underneath your chair. Uh, pull out a Bible at any of the campuses. You probably picked one up on the way in. We're over on page 1110. Page 1110. Page 1110. Acts chapter 17 on a mobile device. Acts chapter 17, verse 1. Now, we left off last week with the Apostle Paul. And God was causing trouble in Paul in chapter 9 of Acts. We're going to stay in this story at another layer to it. This is where now God causes trouble through the Apostle Paul for good. Acts 17. When Paul and his companions had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica. So they're at this town, Thessalonica, that's the name of the town, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue. And on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scripture. So get this, Paul has had the courage to go into Thessalonica, the courage to go into the synagogue, the courage to speak about Jesus, and I'll reason with people as to what really is the truth that we're basing our lives on. Verse 3, explain and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I'm proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. So many people are being rescued and transformed. But, 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 look at verse 5. There's always this side. But other Jews were jealous. Here it comes. Here comes the resistance, here comes the rejection, here comes the retaliation. So they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other believers before the city officials, shouting, these men who have caused trouble, these people who have caused trouble, who have what, church? Caused trouble, there we go. They've caused trouble all over the world, have now come here. They were causing trouble for good. In fact, in the original language, it means to incite people to rebel. Now, Paul was not causing trouble like a, a, a drunken person causes trouble. He was causing trouble for good. I said things like this at our anniversary celebration last February, so I'll repeat them. He was confronting a way of life that is rooted in godless thinking and empty living. He was stirring a rebellion to it. In fact, Jesus came to cause trouble for our old sinful way of life, to lead people in rebellion to Satan's dead and lies. So Paul was causing trouble for good. That's what we're supposed to go do, church. Cause trouble for good, for spiritually lost people who are far from God, that they might be rescued and transformed. Church, we are here to cause trouble for good. We are here to what? Cause trouble for good. And, and so he reasoned with them, meaning he courageously, listen, he courageously moved into Thessalonica. It took courage for him to go into Thessalonica. It took courage for him to go into the synagogue. It took courage to go into the very places he knew that he would face opposition and to join Jesus in love like Jesus and tell others about Jesus. And by the way, listen, by the way, God's sending you into your Thessalonica into the places where you represent God and you bring him and you reason with people. Wherever God places you, you're on map, you're on mission. You gotta think higher, you gotta rise up, you gotta wake up. We all have to wake up to this live sent. This is the call of God on our lives. Embrace his call. Wherever you're on the map, God has you on mission, there on purpose. And part of that includes reasoning with people. We, we navigate questions with people like, are we here really on accident or are we here on purpose? 
Why do bad things happen to good people? And on and on the questions go. And when it, when it ends that story and it says, and they have come here. In other words, that's the point. God has brought us somewhere to be God to the people around us. God in us, God through us, to be the love of Jesus to the world around us. That's what Live Scent does. Think of it like this. Stay with me. Think of it like this. Whenever you show up on the scene, you showed up as God in you. In other words, Jesus just showed up on the scene. Come on now, start thinking about this. You show up at school, Jesus just showed up. You show up in the classroom, Jesus showed up. You just showed up at sports team, you're a follower of Christ, Jesus just showed up. How does Jesus show up everywhere? He shows up in and through you. You go live sent. You go to work, now Jesus is at work. You're in a conversation with a coworker, Jesus is in that. I mean, everywhere you go, Jesus is in you. You take Jesus with you. This will revolutionize the way you see your life and your calling. This is to be a wake up call to who we were created to be. We go live sent. And listen, listen, as soon as you embrace it, you'll say, well, that would take courage. <laughs> that will take what? Courage. In fact, some of us, we're like, well, I'm going to need courage just to embrace that. I know that's true. I know that's what God's saying, but I'm, I might need a little bit of courage to even accept it. Because I've talked myself into living passive in my Christian faith. Welcome. In fact, Paul encouraged courage. If you've been in this 21 days, and by the way, by the way, if you took a 21 days uh, a prayer book home and, and you've kind of gone slack, like you're like, oh, I forgot, or I set it aside, or I didn't get at it, or I didn't get around to it, start today. Don't, don't whine about it and just sit in the remorse and like, okay, fine, I'm not going to do anything. You can start on day seven, just like all of us can, and do the last 14 days together. But on the fifth day, the, the authors quoted Ephesians 6, where Paul said, pray for me. He said to the whole church, pray for me that I might fearlessly proclaim the gospel. Pray for me that I would have courage to live sent to tell others about Jesus. See, Paul knew he needed courage. He knew that he needed the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to live this stuff out. And then he encouraged courage in others. Look at, look at Philippians. Now I want you to know, Paul writes, brothers, that, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains, who is in prison, that I am in chains for Christ. That, you know, for being a witness, he's experienced opposition, resistance, rejection. In other words, because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged. Have been what, everybody? Encourage. In the older English, it would be I-N space courage. Encourage. Courage has been put in you. Encouraged. I have courage in me. They've been encouraged. It's been infused in them to speak the word of God more what? Courageously. More what, everybody? Courageously and fearlessly. Uh, well, follow this. I, I want you to get the layers of this because it's deep and thick scripturally. The, that word courage in Philippians 3, in its Greek root, it literally means, you ready? Here's the Greek translation. Dare to do something. Does that sound like anything we're talking about these days? It means dare to do something. So when he said encourage, I put it in your notes this way. So when he said encourage, it means we're, gonna, we're encouraging each other to dare to do something. Jot it down, put it in your notes. We're being encouraged to do this, that you would have the courage to dare to do something. Now I wonder, where does Paul get the inspiration? Obviously the Holy Spirit. But hang on. If we're getting inspiration from Paul, and Paul was writing it, he wasn't getting it from his own writings. <laughs> what was Paul borrowing from? 
And Paul was probably borrowing from the Old Testament scripture. As a Pharisee, he would have been an expert in the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. He would have known the story of Moses to Joshua and the book of Joshua. The nation of Israel released from Egypt by the hand of God under Moses, the plagues and freedom from slavery. But having sinned against God, they ended up in the desert for 40 years wandering. Now Moses dies and God raises up Joshua and says, Joshua, you're going to take the nation of Israel into the promised land. Joshua, yeah, okay, let's do this. And and God says, now here's how we're going to do it. You're going to get up in the morning. You got to cross the Jordan River into the promised land, but the Jordan River's at flood stage. There's no bridge. How are we going to do that? God says, hey, I'll take care of that for you. What I need you to do is have the four priests take the Ark of the Covenant and walk to the edge of the water and get in the water. And when they get their feet wet, I'll move. Now, hang on. Everybody's going to be watching. I got to be kind of with the priest. Maybe I'll be behind him. They go ahead and they actually have to get in the water. Yeah, got to get their feet wet and then I'll move. God got a better idea. Just Have you ever wanted to give God a better idea? I mean, because every once in a while he's doing something you're like, you're not thinking it through. You're busy. I get it. Let me throw a little something your way that might help you because maybe he hasn't thought it all through. So if I'm Joshua, I'd say, hey, God, I got just an idea for you. Um, How about through the night, you part the waters, everybody wakes up, they look over, the the Jordan's already parted, we celebrate you and walk across. That way, I don't have to feel like a stupid leader who takes a risk and goes and puts a little foot in the water and nothing happens. And everybody's looking at me like, what's wrong with you? He sure ain't Moses. Just an idea, almighty. <laughs> but, here's, here's, ah, but here's what we know. Here's what we know. When you get your feet wet, it's an act of courage. Hmm. See, that act of faith frees God up. I'm telling you. God has a call on this church to live sent, and you're going to need Courage. And you'll have to get your courage set and your feet wet. It's part of what we're going after. Don't you sit back as a passenger in the car seat and watch 12 stone. Go do what God's called us to do. You are 12 stone. We go do this. I agree. (laughs) Now listen, God knew that Joshua would need courage. So before he ever told them to go to the water, three times in Joshua 1, he said, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. Because he knew it would take courage. Paul needed courage to go to Thessalonica and step in the synagogue and reason with people. You're going to need courage if you truly live sent. In fact, the apostle Paul would say, there's something you need to do. I put it in the notes. You put it in yours. Jot jot it down. Get your courage set and get your feet wet. You see it? See, God's God's already going to stir that stuff in you. Paul got his courage up, and by faith, he walked into the synagogue in Thessalonica to cause trouble for good. And God's going to stir you to walk into your Thessalonica, into your world. And it's happening now. And it's going to happen as practice for us on October the 7th, the fifth week of the series, when we postpone all weekend services and we send one another out into the community. And what we'll talk about, what will it mean for us to practice living sin? But now I want to bring a story alongside Paul's. I want to bring a modern-day, next-generation couple 
who is living sent with courage. And I want you to hear their story because it'll inspire you. They started an organization called H-O-P-E, Hope. So listen in for a couple of minutes to what God is doing through that effort. Then I'll introduce you to him and we'll tell the story. Check this out. The Hispanic organization promoting education, most commonly known as HOPE, is a nonprofit organization focused on providing students a pathway through high school. Our mission is to increase the graduation rate among Hispanic high school students through leadership, education, and community service. In 2009, we gathered 20 students at North Gwinnett High School and started our first HOPE leadership chapter. And today, Nine years later, Hope serves 52 high schools in 21 school districts in the state of Georgia with over 3,700 members. And we have a record-breaking 100% graduation rate among all of our students. We believe that every student is one caring individual away from being a success story. And we've been fortunate to see thousands of success stories. My name is Jose Alejandro. I'm the president for my school chapter at Campbell. I love how the keynote speakers, the first one especially, how he spoke about training and that's how you prepare yourself to be successful. I feel like that has a lot, a lot of truth behind it. Success, it's like climbing a mountain. You know, people only see when you get to the top, they only see the top part of it, but it has so much behind it hard work, resilience, and all that. This is my second year here at the conference. It was amazing. The keynotes were awe-inspiring, and they definitely helped me like bring on my confidence. You know, working hard, it's never enough. You just have to keep on going higher and higher. It is our goal that by 2030, we would have over 1,000 HOPE leadership chapters across the United States, changing the lives of hundreds of thousands of students. We believe that HOPE could do something to permanently change the future of Hispanic students across the country. We believe there is hope in the world. We are the hope of the world. We are the faces of hope. Yes, already great story. Love to hear and celebrate that. In fact, while you're applauding, let me just introduce you to David and Angela Araya. So you give them the welcome. Great to have you with us. Love having you here. Thank you. and I've wanted to bring them on the platform for some time. I truly have. And, and for you to hear their story. I fell in love with them uh, uh, about two, three years ago when we met and began to spend some time together and see how God is, is using them. I have so appreciated the courage you have exemplified in, in daring to do the thing that God had put in you. And we're going to learn something of that together today as a church. I think you're going to be inspired by that. Just as an FYI, they are 12 stoners. And uh, while they carry the organization of hope and the weight of that, they're also kind of small parts part-time role on staff, and that's just, we love doing that together. Uh, and, and David, uh, let's make sure I get the, the details right. You're from, you're from Costa Rica. Costa Rica. And yeah. you, you came here in 96 mm -hmm. to the States and 98 to Georgia. That's right. And then you're from Colombia, yes. Angela, right? And you came at 97, yes. and you got some fans already <laughs> out there. And some cool things uh, in the uh, kind of the growing phases of your life. Uh, David, you've become a, a full citizen mm -hmm. of the U.S. since. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you're a permanent resident, Angela, which yes. is part of the process to full citizen. So we celebrate that. That's awesome. As well as the most important thing, you are citizens in heaven. And that's what we celebrate and share together as a church. That's the big, that's the big deal. Uh, in fact, 
Let me just say this, church. Let, I, I wanna, Paul would remind us, and I want to put this on the screen. I, I, I have it here. I'll read it, but you can see it on the screen. Paul wrote in Philippians 3, uh, there, and when he says there, he's referring to people who reject Jesus and live for self. He said, their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is where, church? In heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the great celebration. That's what we enjoy together. Now, that said, David, I believe that Angela was somewhat influential and you getting your citizenship in heaven. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Andrew and I met uh, several years ago in, in, in college, and, uh, you know, when, when we met, I, I, I mean, I had been in church, and I, I knew of God, but I didn't have a relationship with God, and it was uh, through, through the way God used Angela as, as an anchor in my life that, that I began to, to question and, and really try and find out, and it was through an invitation that, that a friend of a friend got that got to us uh, to come out to, to 12 Stone. Some years ago, I mean, it was Water's Edge, you know, the yeah, college yeah, the ministry college back then, mission, yeah, yeah, Miles was um, leading, yeah. That, that we came out to, to, to 12 Stone, and the Lord just started messing with me mm-hmm. in ways that... that um, caused the trouble that in you. That caused some trouble. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and, and I, I began to see the Lord just move in powerful ways, and Angela served as a as an anchor for that, and uh, to the point where, I mean, in 2016, I, I surrendered my life to, to Jesus, uh, got baptized here at 12 Stone, and, and uh, have allowed him to just really take hold of me uh, and our marriage and, and just everything that we get to do together. Yeah. And when, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> and when I tell the story of, of Joshua crossing the Jordan, sometimes what happens to, to us is we hear that story and we think, well, he got to the other side, and therefore we kind of cheapen the courage it took for Joshua to get over to the other side. When we hear your video of 52 schools, you're in 52 schools, yeah. and impacting 3,700 students who are members, and that doesn't even include the ones who've already gone beyond and graduated, so you've influenced thousands, we can look and say, well, that's kind of like you're <laughs> over the Jordan already, the waters parted. It had to be easy, right? <laughs> right. I mean, just yeah. it had to be easy. No big deal. And that might not be true. No, not at all. <laughs> it, it, might, it might be that it took the same kind of courage for you to walk the path and do something good that Joshua, in a sense, had to walk to, to kind of get his courage set and his feet wet. So let's talk about your story. Let's back it up a little bit. Angela, I know one of the stories uh, that you had that was shaping, marking on you uh, back in high school. I think you called it the gangster the story. Gangster tell story. Us, yeah, tell yes. us about that. Um, when I was in high school, we moved to a new high school. So oldie high school, new high school. And when I got there, it was like the first week of school. And so I was like any regular student sitting in a classroom. An administrator walks in and then he's coming out from the classroom and then he looks at me, looks at my stuff, like my binder, and he's like, get your stuff and come with me. And I looked at him and I was like, okay. So I grabbed my stuff, my bag, and started walking with him. As we're walking to the office, he said, we're going to another administrator's office. And we get there, um, we get to the office, and we sit, I sat down and then they're looking at me and they're like, you're a gangster. And I was looking at them like, no, I'm not. And he's like, you're a gangster and tell all your gangster friends that we're, not, we're going after them. We're not gonna tolerate this kind of behavior here. And they kept drilling and drilling and drilling, and they spoke to me in a way that nobody had ever spoken to me before. Mm. Um, It was very degrading, and it was one of the most humiliating moments in my life. Um, 
And they just kept going, and, and I started sobbing, and, and they were like, we're gonna call your parents, and I was like, please call my parents. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're like, uh, I was like, my parents know everything, and they're like, well, your parents are not always with you, and I was like, oh goodness gracious, it was awful. And then finally that whole um, off part was gone, and then I got home and I told my parents, I don't ever wanna go back to the high school, I don't wanna see those administrators, I don't wanna have anything to do with that. Uh, because I had gotten a scar in my life, I was like, this is messed up, like, no. Um, and then the Lord started just tugging in my heart and, and started transforming that scar into a beauty mark. Um, because he said, if this is happening to you that you don't have the stereotypical gangster look per se, imagine what else is happening to all these other students or your peers. So the Lord was just messing with me in that moment. Wow. So that was really crushing at that season of life, particularly when in high school. I mean, there's a vulnerability mm. to us in that. And, and, and yet God wanted to use that to shape you. And you've had a few of those shaping kind of moments, David. One, I, I think for you was, was how, how you moved from high school into college. You wanted the college uh, degree, but there would be some limits and barriers and kind of some, some Jordan rivers would need to part for you to get there. Tell us a little bit of that story. Yeah, well, as a, as a senior in high school, I mean, that was right around the recession time. And uh, you know, my status was slightly different back then, and, and, and college was, uh, was in the sight, but it wasn't necessarily uh, attainable. And, and I remember having a conversation with my dad. My dad, I mean, he supported me and, 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 and everything that I've done. And, and I said, Dad, look, I, I need to go to college. I want to go to college. You know, uh, I, 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 let's figure it out. And, and I remember him looking at me and saying, uh, son, money's tight. Huh. You, it's a hard, hard moment. You're going to have to find a scholarship to make it in. So, okay, sounds good. I, now, let me go find something. And, uh, and I started digging, I started searching, and, and I found this one scholarship at Georgia State University. It, it had my name on it. It was, it was my <laughs> scholarship, of course, my name. You yeah. already knew the answer. You were just going to help everybody yeah, I just else. Put it yeah. there and it was mine. And, and I applied for it. I, I went into the interview, became a finalist, and, and I just had to wait. It was second semester, senior year, uh, and I just started waiting. And, and finally, I got a letter in the mail, and I was super excited. I went up to my mom and said, Mom, aquí está, it's, it's here. And, uh, and we opened it together. And, and, and as, I, as I read it, uh, it, it said, uh, David, out of the six winners of this scholarship, you were number seven. Ooh. And I just remember looking at my mom and, and, and looking at the letter and, and just seeing my future just fall apart. The one shot I had was gone. And I, I went to my counselor that next morning. I, I mean, I was sobbing. I had no idea what the heck I was going to do. And, and um, I, I, I could either just let it fall and, all right, well, no college for me. But that's not what, uh, what the Lord wanted. And he, he provided another opportunity. I graduated high school not knowing if I was going to go to school, college. And, and, and God provided this opportunity, another full ride scholarship that had my name on it. Um, and... <laughs> 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 and, and I applied for it, became a finalist, and, and it was on my birthday that I got the news that I had gotten the full ride scholarship and was going to be able to go to school. Um, but God had messed with me. Yeah. So you have those experiences, and that is, it's a, it's a great story, but it's only a great story, see, because you told us you're on the other side of the Jordan. Yeah. See, as soon as you say the other side of the Jordan, we're all like, yeah, but when you're on this side of the Jordan, we're like, ooh. It's like, oh. <laughs> it takes courage to push through. Yeah. 
Now, in God's kindness, uh, he brought you both to Gainesville State College, which you're happy about, right? I, yes. mean, I hope you are. Very you're married. Yes. So you, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> tell her, yes, honey, you're happy about this. Yeah. And, and even there, you decide, okay, let's, let's do something good. And I believe one of the stories is you were involved in, a, in an effort for an event. Yes. You were trying to bring somebody to the campus. Yeah, one of the top neurosurgeons in the country who, who was Hispanic, Mexican-American. So we're bringing him on campus. Yeah, yeah and this is going to be a huge event. Huge and event. you guys were at the point of this with the administrators and everything went fantastic. Oh no, no, no that's right. No, the water came back <laughs> and, and filled the river. Uh, tell us that delightful moment. Yeah, well, I mean, we, you know, we were blessed to be a part of that committee and, uh, and, and you know, I was spearheading it. Angela and a group of friends were, were part of it. And, and we had worked on this project for months. We, I mean, it, five, six months into it and it was right around the time, we were about a month away and, and uh, we began to clash with the leadership. And obviously, my leadership back then was character not what it is now. Different. Character was slightly different. So we means you. <laughs> <laughs> Me, okay. yes. Uh, grown up a little bit. And, 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 and I really, I mean, the, the, lead, the advisor and I just really began to clash. Ideology, methods. Uh, and the environment got so toxic huh. to the point that, uh, that, that she said, okay, well, I don't, I don't want you here anymore. And, and she, she literally took this project that we had poured in months and months of energy, of time, of sweat. And she said, okay, well, thanks for what you've done. We'll take it and give it over to this other student. This was the first big leadership thing that we had done or we're trying to do. And everything that we had worked on was taken away. And, and I mean, I remember looking at Angie, we were just, we were frustrated. I mean, again, like, we just went through this, you know, a little while ago. Yeah. Again? Yeah. Um, and that is sometimes the familiar experience. I think everybody has a sense of, of when you go after something. And, some, and sometimes you think, man, when, if I'm going to do something good, God should make it all easy, right? Especially something good. And it's good. like, man, come on, God, hello. I mean, we're following. Yeah. We're daring to do something good. And all of a sudden, it's, it's become difficult. Like the waters are coming back and we're retreating. Yeah. And <laughs> this, in the middle of that, Oh, you went to Wendy's. I yes. want them to hear this part. I, I love this part. Because uh, you're going to commiserate at Wendy's. And of course, you're going to Wendy's because you're in college. You're not going to Ruth's Chris. No, can't not do in college. That. No, no, no. That's, that's not an option. But, but Wendy's. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we had, we had literally just started dating at that point. And, yeah. and obviously, Angela's a, a, a foodie, yes, so she I loves am. food. So obviously, the way to her heart was food. So I took her to Wendy's. Um, <laughs> I don't know that one, it, my heart, but well, we'll it worked, leave it there. It worked. Uh, <laughs> uh, God was in the midst of it. <laughs> God was in, he's giving God more credit than you. Well, he deserves it. Uh, and, and we just started, you know, we were, we were frustrated. We started venting, yeah. got some, some food, and, and we said, well, well, this stinks. Like, we want to do something. We fair. can't do it there. It's not fair. Yeah. Let's just do something ourselves. Yeah. Let's create uh, a nonprofit. A nonprofit. We like, let's do this. What is it? I we don't know, no but let's go after it anyways. Uh, so we, we took out a yellow napkin. Back then they were yellow, now they're brown, I don't know. We took out a yellow napkin, <laughs> uh, a black pen, and we wrote down Esperanza. Esperanza was a favorite word of our yeah. mentor, right? So we wrote that down, and it was way too long yeah. of an acronym. It did not work. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a long acronym. Little, uh, yeah, I didn't think it fit the napkin almost. Yeah, it didn't. Uh, so we, we turned it around, and we translated it. We said H-O-P-E, hope. hope. Hispanic organization promoting education. We looked at each other and said, well, we'll see if this sticks around. Right, and, and we went back to our alma mater uh, and knocked on the door and said, hey, we got this crazy idea. We want to do something here. And they said, sure. And they said, yeah. <laughs> and that's where See, the first program started. See, this is what I love about YouTube. It's partly why I want to get this story out to all of us 12 Stone and all who are listening. That in the midst of setbacks, instead of you 
sitting, inventing, whining, and complaining. You guys decided, well, let's just go do something good. I mean, yeah, it's not fair. No, it didn't go the way we thought it should. But we're not going to sit in this. How old were you when, when, when you were at Wendy's? Just turned 20. And I was 18. 18 and 20. Let me just stop right now. If I can talk to the emerging next generation, there's a whole lot going on in this culture that tells you, get on social media. Every time you're frustrated, just rant. Just go ahead and vent your frustration. Just get it. Just say it all. Don't even filter it. And just, just whine and whine and whine. And, I, you know, I think if we were honest, there's something to learn right here from David and Angela, that, that most of that stuff stuff is unproductive and it's often destructive. Instead of whining about what isn't right, instead of complaining about what's wrong, go do something good. Contribute to making things better rather than whine about it, right? Right? I, that, that's part of what I love about your story. And, and, and that's a powerful thing. And you, and you chased after it and you started in the one school and then everything was easy. You're on the other side of the Jordan and poof, no, no more, no more courageous poof. decisions. No, and yeah, and that's not true. In fact, I remember one of your courageous decisions you told yeah. me about was um, you graduated yes. and, and you're going to get married and you... <laughs> You had a great job, and you said, uh, you, you need to resign. Talk, yeah. talk about this, okay? <laughs> just, just talk about what it meant to actually have the courage to, to, to go lead the yeah. thing God put in you. Um, so I had just graduated college, my bachelor's degree. I was like, yes. And then I got a big girl job, per se, benefits. I was set. My parents were like, yes, he's good. And then my lovely fiance decides to come and say, honey, I need you to quit your job. Um, <laughs> and that was just... Well, Crazy. The, the thing is, I mean, we, we, were, uh, we, were full t we had full-time jobs, right, that one, and then I was doing something on the side, and we were full-time volunteers with Hope. Uh, Hope, I mean, it, it, we, we saw it as a potential career at that point, and, and, and I felt the tug, you know, the Lord saying to me, David, if, if you want Hope to go to the next level, if you want Hope to be what I, I know it can be, I, I need you to take some sacrifice. I need you, well, I need you all to quit your job. So I, I go to Anne, I'm like, well, honey, I need you to quit your job. And it was hard in my, in my soul. I was like, I'm not sure. This is hard. I don't know what my parents are going to think. And then one of my uh, coworkers, she told me, Angela, a step of faith activates the hand of God. And when she said that, it sunk into my soul. And I'm like, okay, the Lord is in it. Let me move forward. Let's do this. Hold it, hold it. Say that statement again. A step of faith activates the hand of God. Oh, that is good. So true. Kind of like getting your feet wet, so to mm -hmm. speak. You step in the water. And God is freed up when you follow what he asks you to do. Yeah. So we, you quit. So we got married. We, we got married, <laughs> uh, went on our honeymoon, uh, and, and took a year. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we lived by faith and for we a year. Took, we took a year uh, of, of just living off what we had in savings. Uh, yeah. We had one year. I mean, that, that was the that time was from August to August. <laughs> That's all we had. So you gave God his we time God frame. We gave his time frame. God, here's, uh, your free, <laughs> here's your time to move, and you better solve it by then. Yeah. And by the way, you got married. We did. Yes. Okay. How long ago was that? That was four, four years, years ago. ago. We, uh, we got pictures. Let's at least look at a great picture. Oh, they're like <laughs> adorable, beautiful. Okay. So wonderful picture. You got married. That's cool. And now you have this year together, and God did some pretty powerful things. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of that year, God had shifted partnerships and resources and hope had grown and, and, and really allowed you to step into that more career level energy, which yeah. is amazing. Once again, other side of the Jordan kind of thing. All that courage and yet 
Was courage required again? Of course, it always is. It always is. If you're going to keep doing good things, one of them was, uh, well, let's uh, grow a family. Is that, is that how I heard you say it? <laughs> Faith, yeah. more courage. Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and have a, a baby. Yeah, yeah. Exactly and tell it. us about her. Her name is Kaylee Sophia. Kaylee Sophia. And she, we got pictures. Okay. Yes, there's our is little she darling. adorable? Oh, she's my goodness. Just turned one, and she's 13 months, and she's walking now, too. She's walking, yeah, so it's, it's insane. Amazing, yeah. absolutely yeah. amazing little girl. In fact, in fact, listen, I, I want you to know that I, I'm praying a blessing over you guys. <laughs> I'm praying a blessing of four. Real men have four. <laughs> okay. uh, so would you just join me, church, You're in praying for a full Same. quiver blessing <laughs> over <move>. their life? <laughs> uh, but God has proven himself um, in amazing ways. You know, we don't have time for the whole story, but you were asking God, you know, you got to work out a house situation. And in the course of the whole of this journey, going back a bit, God uh, provided you with a free house. Listen, literally, yeah. so, somebody stepped up and said, you're, you're one of those heroes. And it got on this TV show thing and they won a house, uh, kindness yeah. of God. Now I know you got to pay the taxes on it kind of thing. And, and to, but how amazing is that? I mean, there's God saying, yeah, you walk this, I'll provide. Yeah. He doesn't do that for all of us, but you relocated here to Gwinnett. Cool things happening, like a, a 100% yep. uh, uh, graduation rate of those who join with you. And that's a big deal because yeah. in the Latino Hispanic community, what's the graduation rate? You were telling me some things about that. Yeah, I mean, right now, uh, the graduation rate in our community is 73.6%, and which is the lowest among all of our peers. And, uh, and for us, I mean, that 100% graduation rate is, is huge. I mean, that, wow. that is our commitment to our students that, that every student, I mean, they, once they walk in through our doors, once they become a part of our Hope family, that they will graduate high duty. school. It is our duty to make sure that they, they make it through and, 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 and graduate and continue pushing forward after that. And this past year? Yeah, this past year we had over a thousand seniors uh, yeah. graduate. I mean, a 100% graduation rate. Come on. And they're, Isn't that just that is so strong, so affirming of God's hand uh, on you guys? And, and things like scholarship, the very thing you struggle yeah. with, and you're teaching yeah. them how to get that. What were you telling me? Like the, your top 100 mm -hmm. leaders, they, they got scholarships this, yeah. this they year? Earned, uh, last year, they earned $5.4 million. $5.4 million. For scholarships. scholarships. Are you kidding yeah. me? Once again, advancing, making a huge impact. And probably something that maybe your early administrators would never have guessed. <laughs> but but uh, just recently, I think in this past week or two, yeah. uh, one of the top 50 most influential Latinos uh, in the state of Georgia, you got an award for that. I think we saw the pick. Let's put that back up there. Let's give that up. Well done. Uh, just once again, affirming God's hand on you. Yeah. And in all of this, I've heard you talk about God being the secret sauce who's not yes. so secret. Even though it, it doesn't say hope, a Christian organization, what it really is, is, is hope, the specific of what you're called to. And then you live for Christ and live sent underneath this. And you've had uh, numerous uh, students come to faith in Christ as a result of your influence and living for Christ. One of the stories I like, though, yes. if you can tell it, was, it was like, you guys pray. Uh, even though that's, you know, there's <laughs> yeah. all Usually, different yeah. agnostic, yeah. atheist, different faith. Tell, tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, we, we, before a meal, we always, you know, jump into prayer and, and, you know, we have students of all, all walks of life, all faith, background, et cetera. And, and we, we had this one instance where uh, we were about to jump into, into, into lunch uh, and, and we hadn't prayed. And one of our students who is agnostic looks over at us and, and says, hey, DNA, 
uh, Dave, David Angela, um, are, are we going to pray? <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, yeah, we definitely are. Let's, let's get to it. Yeah. Uh, and, and just being able to see the Lord work in the God life moving. of students yeah. uh, just because they're loved. Yeah. Uh, and, and the Lord is messing with them. And, and, and that is, is one of the most powerful pieces that we get to experience. Watching God use an agnostic to make sure you <laughs> do sure the thing <laughs> that you're there to do. Well, let's thank uh, David and Angela for telling your story. What a great, just a great story of God using you courageously. Dare to do something, and, and you have. And, and, and as we kind of wrap this moment up, I just want you to listen in on a, a couple of, of students who give a slice of their story, the power of the impact of how God's using you guys. Just listen in on this story. Hey guys, I am Evie Valdez and I do attend Georgia State. I am a freshman this year. My name is Luis Otero and I am a 2016 graduate of Haversham Central High School. I am the one and only Dante of Hope. And I want to talk to you a little bit about what Hope has done in my life. Throughout all four years of my high school career, I was involved with Hope. Definitely in high school, I do feel that I was at a loss of personality because I was so focused on grades and like making A's. Before Hope, I was lost in the world. When I first met David and Angela, without them, knowing anything about me, they undoubtedly believed in me and in my potential. Because it was, they did all that and transformed me in less than 72 hours. Now, I am a current junior at the George Washington University here in DC, where I am studying um, economics and public policy. I would be going to college to Delaware on a four-ride scholarship. This made me realize that God had a plan for me all along. I now want to pay that forward to other students and other people in uh, our community so that they too can reach their own dreams and goals. I do believe there is hope in the world. I am the hope in the world and I am one of the faces of hope. I am one of the faces of hope. Well, there you have it. What a great story and great inspiration. Because Paul would tell us, live sent takes courage. Live sent takes what, church? Courage. And when David and Angela set out, God gave them courage. But hear me, God doesn't need you to go start a nonprofit to live sent. I mean, God has already sent you into your Thessalonica, the world in which you live, wherever he has you on the map, there's where you're on mission. And it's there that you demonstrate that you've joined Jesus. See, how you treat people every day, wherever you go, matters. Because they matter to God. That's living sent. Bragging on Jesus. Wherever you are, everywhere you go, telling others about Jesus, inviting them into faith, being a part of their lives. How you live daily matters. And so Paul prayed. And he said, would you pray for me? Church, would you pray for me? That I would fearlessly, courageously talk about Jesus to others. I think we need that prayer over us. And we're going to pray over one another today that God would make us courageous to live sent. And we're going to practice that. On the fifth week of this series, October 7th, there's no church on the weekend. We're, we're doing church. It's just not in the walls. We're sending one another out. 
And, and what does that look like? What are we going to practice? Oh, you, we're going to do some things to bless people. And you're going to pray and ask God what he wants you to do because you're uniquely going to do this on your own as a couple, as a family. However, they bl- come together, do, do some cool things as a small group, as friends. In fact, campus pastors are going to run through some ideas. And you're going to be involved in putting some ideas on the, on the idea boards in the lobby. And we, we have a website for you that will help give you ideas and direction. We've got some blessing bags you're going to hear about. That's all part of, of closing today in the next couple of weeks. And as I have the campus pastor come and turn the service over to them, we want to first pray, though, that God would make you fearless. We become courageous in living sin. Because this is for everyone. Middle school, high school, college, single, dating, marriage, divorce. doesn't matter where you are in life right now. God's saying, this is for you. Live sin. And so, church, I want to pray for us. Bow your heads with me, would you? Now, Lord, this is a great call you have on our lives. Jesus, you prayed it early on. It applies now. We've been called to live sin. Would you wake us up, any one of us who are sitting in the passenger seat of our faith, and we've let the world or our history or something in our own lives or people whisper to us, you just sit and do nothing. You're not a player in the kingdom. God, would you move us from from passenger to driver? Would you let this series be a wake-up call? And with that then, God, we're going to need courage. And I I pray what Paul asked to be prayed over him. God, I pray that right now it would even begin. Right now, you would infuse Holy Spirit divine courage. You would make us fearless to live sin. Right now that we'd receive it and say, God, do that for me. We would be fearless in the way we join you and walk with you. Fearless in the way we love people like you love. Fearless in the way we tell others about you. Fearless in the way we go serve. Fearless enough to dare to do something good, to cause trouble for good in the world around us. Oh God, may we be so filled with your courage that through us, you take yourself out into the world and we see others rescued and transformed. What a powerful thing. So God, do this deep work in us and may we practice it here forward, even as we pray over these 21 days and experience your power in our lives. Do this and more for your honor and glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Everyone agreed saying, amen.